1: yeah. you Thanks for checking out this podcast presented by Minnesota's very own Ticket King. If you're looking for tickets for an upcoming game or event at TCF Bank Stadium, U.S. Bank Stadium, or XL Energy Center, visit TicketKingOnline.com or the link from the 1500ESPN.com sports calendar page. Ticket King has all your tickets for Minnesota football, plus all the concerts, all the theaters, and at all venues. Call 612-341-4141 or visit TicketKingOnline.com pabst blue ribbon always smooth always refreshing gold medal winner at the 2016 great american beer festival when you're this good quality always comes through pbr me asap the following is a podcast one minnesota production
2: Hey there Vikings fans, Matthew Collar here, co-host of the Purple Podcast. Each week I appear in studio with Mackie and Judd from 9.15 to 10 o'clock for all Vikings talk. If you missed any of our conversations, well, we've got you covered here on the Purple Podcast feed. Here's my latest on the air with Mackie and Judd. I love the challenge. I love the opportunity to to go out there and make plays. Now I'm disappointed we had a chance there, 28-13, to to go up three scores and make it really difficult for them and I throw a pick there on third down, but... You know, we're able to come back and have two good drives at the end of the game and put ourselves in position to win.
0: All right, we got our buddy Matthew Collar here from 1500ESPN.com. Follow his Vikings and now Wild and NHL coverage. That was Brett Hundley? Uh, yes, that was
3: yes, that was Brett
0: Hundley. Who's their third-string quarterback? Do they even have one? Now? I don't think they have one. No idea.
3: I don't think they're too concerned When's about third-string the last third time string they had a third-string quarterback? Might have been when I was there. They had uh, Favre. Hold on a second. Doug Peterson, who's now the coach of Philadelphia, and Craig Null. Okay, and that might have been the last time, like early '90s. Uh, no, 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 that was 2003 and four. Oh, okay. I think when they changed the roster to have it's 46 game day actives now, I think a lot of teams dropped the third quarterback. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah. that might be the last time. Okay, here
0: is the the good news and the bad news, and the reason we uh, well, there's two reasons why we play an Aaron Rodgers soundbite. Number one, we're hoping on this show for a rodgers Brady epic clash of titan quarterbacks but also because the NFC right now the last four quarterbacks standing in the NFC up until this last weekend you had Rodgers, Ryan, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott um and then I know you guys have an affinity for Cam Newton and he just went to the Super Bowl last year so we'll put him in there as a long-term NFC quarterback that you're going to have to deal with if you're the Vikings good news bad news the bad news is it's tough to find any team in the last 25 years that had sustained Super Bowl contendership without a franchise top quarterback. That's the bad news for the Vikings. The good news for the Vikings is, and I've I've looked up all these numbers, they've faced these quarterbacks nine times the last two years. When the Vikings play these quarterbacks, most often, except for like two games, you're playing to 20 points, not 30 points. When these other teams play each other, like when the Falcons play the Packers this weekend, and when the Cowboys play the Falcons and the Cowboys play the Packers, they're playing to 28 or 30 points. So Mike Zimmer's defense, for the most part, against great quarterbacks, keeps the game to like a 20 to 21, 23-point victory mark. So the bar is lower for what you have to do offensively to beat these teams.
2: My concern with that statistic is that's defenses of the past and defenses of the future. What are those going to look like? Because when you have Aaron Rodgers, your offense is going to be among the top 15 in the league every year that he's your quarterback. And that's just written in stone. Tom Brady, same thing. You could just write it in. They're going to be in the top half of the league. They're going to be competitive on offense every single year. But those teams' defenses... Uh, we were talking about the New York Giants uh, a few minutes ago off the air and Eli Manning. And The Giants had elite defenses with Eli Manning. They've had really bad defenses with Eli Manning. The Packers have had some good defenses. They've had some really bad defenses during Aaron Rodgers' time there. And I think that that goes for even New England, too, where some of their defenses weren't as good as others. This one, I think, is pretty good. They bounce up and down a lot more than offenses do. So when I'm looking toward the future of this Vikings defense – I can't even guarantee that you'll be in the top five or good enough to continue to do that, especially when you start to look at the the free agency and even you could lose a couple of key cornerbacks now, and then you have to hope that Trey Wayans and Mackenzie Alexander become as good as Terrence Newman and Captain Munderland were this year in order to repeat that. You have to hope maybe that Shree Floyd comes back and stays healthy. A lot of things have to go right, including all the star players staying healthy you remember what happened when Harrison Smith went down for a couple games? It was a well, com- yeah, it's, complete, it's not good. complete disaster. Harrison yeah, yeah, Smith went down. You
0: can lose a, if you have a great quarterback. You can lose three offensive linemen and uh, Jordy Nelson, and you're still going to put up 31 points. Exactly. So to that point, if you lose a star defensive player, it might take you from second best defense in the league to somewhere in the middle of the pack. So, so yes, you're onto something. There. So
2: uh, should we feel? Good about those numbers, I guess so, because it's still Mike Zimmer, the same coach, and there are still a lot of the key players like Harrison Smith, Linval Joseph, Xavier Rhodes, who are still in their primes and very good. Just trying to predict whether it's going to continue to go that way, I think is a really tough thing to do. And the Buffalo Bills are a good example of this. I mean, a few years ago, they were as good as anybody in the league defensively. They had stacked up some top picks with Marcel Darius, Stephon Gilmore, and they were were elite defense. They didn't make the playoffs as usual, but then they hired Rex Ryan thinking, all right, we've got this elite defense. Now we're going to bring in this defensive coach. Well, guys got hurt. Rex wasn't as good as they thought he was going to be. And then he gets fired two years later, in part because the defense did what most defenses do, which is not stay elite for very and long.
0: And now, Judd, Leslie Frazier driving a 2001 Ford Escort into the Buffalo Bills facility <laughs> to else? play
3: defense. And how, how about the potential of Chili and Les as the coordinators there? Oh, please make there. that happen. Your please Buffalo Bills, that by that the happen. way, are, are, could be a complete train wreck here. I mean, if Brad Childress, Brad Childress in the National Football League has called plays exactly once, 2006. Mm. he was not allowed to call plays in Philadelphia. He called plays in 2006. It was an unmitigated disaster, and he stopped doing it in 2007, and I don't believe he called plays now because Reid did in KC. But my point, uh, Collar, is this. First of all, we have seen this defense play well enough to know it's really well coached. Second of all, you can't say to yourself, well, we don't have – an elite quarterback, so we're sunk. The only thing that you can say is, if these teams have great quarterbacks, how can we best stop them? I mean, that's it. So it's not ideal, but in the world you're dealing in, your choices are to say, we're going to keep taking chances on quarterbacks, which probably won't work out, and or we're going to try and stop this group of quarterbacks. So I get what they're doing, it's not that you that you embrace it, but it's all you can do, basically, if I, you're the Vikings. See, I look
2: at Kansas City as a team that the Vikings actually probably should say, what did they do well to be within two points of the Pittsburgh Steelers and right on the doorstep of going to the AFC Championship game? And one of them is their offense was pretty darn interesting. I mean, they, they had a lot of creative elements to that to try and make up for Alex Smith's shortcomings. and. Go. I follow some people who watch all the tape and we'll okay. put out things like that. Did, did you?
0: Did you see that? I saw. I think we saw the same. Uh, there's the, a like a, a gift that was floating around. The Tyreek
2: Hill one. Oh my he is, God! He broke wide open. He is so open, and he's the fastest player in the league. And if Alex Smith had just hucked it as far as he possibly could have, it would have easily been a touchdown. But he Smith flushed entirely from a, misses him.
0: <laughs> he flushed from a clean pocket and missed the wide open touchdown yep. down the middle of the field.
2: And that's the thing is Alex Smith is bad. He is a bad quarterback, and he has been a bad quarterback for a long time, but with Andy Reid and then Brad Childress' help there, too, they got a lot out of him. I think that Sam Bradford is probably a notch better than Smith, but not by a ton, uh, just as as a thrower especially. Mm-hmm. But they both have the, some of the same problems. They lock on to one guy on third down. I was mentioning this to Judd yesterday, that football outsiders actually invented a stat called Alex. For throwing? <laughs> <laughs> they really did. For throwing short <laughs> of the sticks on third down. and the, Bradford
0: leads that category, and right? Bradford
2: actually does lead that category, oh, or the opposite way. It's the worst for him yeah. uh, for throwing short of the sticks this year. Um, the point just being that they got a lot out of their offense by loading up on playmakers and getting really creative. The way they used Tyreek Hill, I think, should have been the way that the Vikings used Cordero Patterson. It was like after week five or six, we just didn't see a lot of creativity with him. There was... One end around against Detroit where he had 22 yards, some screen passes here or there. They tried they tried going back to him as a regular
3: wide receiver a few times, yeah, and it just is not, did not work. Not how he's going to be used. How, okay, so when, when it comes to the Vikings on offense, how much do you blame Bradford versus play calls? Because there is definitely, the West Coast definitely has, it can be really good. Uh, but there's definitely a trust factor f- from the guy calling plays, and so if if we were to break down the lack of success and Bradford's uh, pitfalls, how much do we put on him, and ho- how much goes right back to uh, to Shermer, Turner, and the play calling that he was asked to execute? Yeah, and of course the offensive line too. Well, which, sure, which, which but, limited but I'm just all saying, of that. Yes, Casey, same same thing. I, West Coast as well.
2: I think that there was a lack of creativity on the offense from watching these other teams, Pittsburgh has a, some screen passes that when you look at them on tape, you how do you defend them? Because – Ben Roethlisberger could basically go either way with a screen. He's got offensive linemen going this way, offensive linemen going that way, and then he can dump it down to Le'Veon Bell or somebody else that can make a play. There's a lot of creativity in these best offenses. It's not just the quarterbacks. Some of that is you You can only be as creative as the personnel that you have. So if you feel like, hey, I'd love to run an end around, but Cordero Patterson may die if TJ Clemmings whiffs on a guy and then a defensive end just destroys his body. But... There were times throughout the season where I felt like it was very vanilla West Coast. Looking at it on tape, it was the same West Coast plays that you've seen for a really long time, and there wasn't any pop to it. The Cincinnati Bengals, in a play against, I believe it was the Giants earlier this year, lined up their tackles where wide receivers line up. And they only had the two guards in the center, and then the tight end was like in the middle there. And the Giants were so confused. It's not the first time it's ever happened, but it doesn't happen very often. The Giants were, were trying to figure out who they were going to cover. There was a couple of different screen options and then a tight end going straight down the field. It ended up as a 71-yard play. And, and then the Browns, who were horrendous, but they did something similar to that too, using unique formations. Didn't see a lot of that either. So if you're going to compete, I think, with an average quarterback and a good defense, but I don't think it's going to be like the league's best elite Denver of last year or 2000 Ravens. I think it's just going to be pretty good. If you're going to compete that way, like Kansas City did, I think you're going to have to get a lot more out of that offense.
0: And see, the, the last thing you just said, if you're right about that, that's the problem for the Vikings, where they reach a dead end on the path they've gone down. Let's talk more about that when we get back here. Matthew Collar, find him on the Purple Podcast. Find him all over 1500ESPN.com. It's Mackie and Judd. Phil Mackie,
1: Judd Zogad. We're dealing with sick people here. Mackie and Judd on 1500ESPN. Hey guys, it's Phil Mackie
0: from 1500ESPN and one of the hosts of Sports Over Beers, the original 1500ESPN.com podcast where you find your favorite 1500 ESPN personalities drinking beer and talking sports. Pretty simple. Find it on iTunes, Podcast One, and 1500ESPN.com
1: pabst blue ribbon is always smooth always refreshing and the perfect choice at the game or out with friends and now add gold to the great pbr tradition because Paps blue ribbon was awarded the gold medal for american style lager at the 2016 great american beer festival that makes four gold medals for pbr in the last 11 years not bad it's that gold medal taste that has made Paps blue ribbon a twin Cities favorite when you're this good quality always comes through go for the gold PBR me ASAP. Three receivers to the right. Snap to Rogers, looking. Rolls left. Wait. Still looking. Throws it deep down the left side. He's got his man out of bounds on the far side, and it is incomplete. Caught I thought the. By ref, Jared Cook. The ref, Did they say it was a completion catch? Oh boy, you're right, Rock. The- the official on the play said no catch. But the other official came over and said it was a catch. And on the replay, it looks like a catch by Jared Cook at the 32-yard line of Dallas.
0: Man, I hope we were just talking off the air. Football fans, we are so lucky this weekend. We get, on Conference Championship Sunday, three Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Like, surefire, they don't need to do anything else. They could stop playing right now and they'd all be in the Hall of Fame. Rodgers, Roethlisberger, and Brady, and probably the NFL's MVP in Matt Ryan, who threw 38 touchdowns and just under 5,000 yards.
2: The funny thing about uh, last weekend is when we got to Sunday and the Packers were way up, I decided to just go for a jog, and I was upset Because like these games, you know, they just haven't been good enough. It's like, (laughs) when am I going to get a good game? I'm just going to go for a jog. I don't even care about this. They come back, you get the great comeback from Dak Prescott and an all time legend throw. From Aaron Rodgers, there just drawing it up in the
3: dirt. How could you? How <laughs> could you go for a jog with those defenses playing? Uh, you're That's right. my question. You're, well, to wasn't you. It, what it? was, was more it? That was of a that jog. An arena, actually, it was a arena jog. Right. That was, was a, it, um, old was it school. Twenty-one
2: to three at some
3: point. It was an eighteen-point lead, or, or 18 and then lead? and then Dallas trimmed it, uh, and I think they was a fifteen-point lead. I mean,
2: I saw all the rest of it when I came back. Dax two touchdown drives. Which you know, there's another thing. If you're talking about. All the teams that the Vikings' defense is going to have to shut down, what your options are. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is not going anywhere for a few years. I guess quarterbacks are now going to play till they're 40-plus, Tom Brady. Um, But Dak Prescott gets added to the list, I think. He does. After that game, I said, yeah. I mean, I know the Packers' defense isn't great, but... His comeback there, his season, his quarterback rating. That offensive line isn't going anywhere. They've got a few of those guys on that offensive line wrapped up till 2024. Ezekiel Elliott has got seven years of his prime. Des Bryant's probably got five to seven years of his prime. Like they're going to be good for us for a really long time. Yeah,
0: I mean, I, 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 I Dak's awesome. Um, I didn't expect him to do that in the second half. No, me I, And that Packers defense isn't exactly the uh, 2000 Ravens, but. But that he showed he's he's not just a fluke sort of propped up in a Ferrari like other young quarterbacks. I mean, He's ready to compete that is right old. now.
3: You're not going to say it?
0: Listen, I, Tony Roma would have put up 100 <laughs> points in that game. That's fine. <laughs> and he's going to bring Houston to the Super Bowl next saw, year with a $25 you, million dollar backup. I so
3: wanted you to go with that yesterday.
2: It, oh, man. It man. is one of the things that sticks in me when a guy has a great team and he puts up unbelievable numbers and they go 13 and 3 and far well they're in the playoffs and they lose on a 50 something yard field goal people are like man you know he's just like a product of uh, their good team like it can never no, be like in the middle right well, it,
0: he's I mean, really good and he's also being aided by a good offensive line and running game it's but, it's both
2: they went thirteen and three. Yes, I mean, you, you can't. can't really do much better than that. I mean, he maximized all of that when they had Matt Castle. They didn't go thirteen and three. So, wh- what would he have done above another person who you put in there? If you put in Sam Bradford, does he lead that comeback? Because I haven't seen Sam Bradford play like that. No, he, no, he doesn't. Two.
0: No, he does not. Nope. Um, I, I, on the conversation we were having before the commercial break, there to me there are two. Macro blueprints for winning a Super Bowl. And I think recent history has shown you blueprint number one is pretty obvious. Have an awesome quarterback. Have a top five quarterback or a quarterback in that Eli Manning category that's just sort of morphing into a top five quarterback inexplicably in the postseason. Or Joe Flacco who flips the switch in the postseason. Those guys are hard to to pin down sometimes. But have a top five-ish quarterback and you can win a Super Bowl even with a league average or mediocre defense. The Saints in 2009, Drew Brees. Uh, The Packers, when they won the Super Bowl in 2010, they had some good defensive players, but they weren't the best defensive team in the NFL. So that's blueprint number one. Macro blueprint number two is, and we've seen it five times since 2000, have the best defense in the NFL or the best pass rush in the NFL. 2000 Ravens, historically great defense. 2002 Buccaneers. Bunch of Hall of Famers, probably a top-five defense of the last 30 years or so. Uh, The Bears in the 80s are in the mix. 2007 Giants, best pass rush in the NFL, especially second half of the season. And then more recently, Seahawks had the best defense in the NFL in 2013 with kind of training wheels Russell Wilson and uh, broken down Peyton Manning with the best defense in the NFL last year. Mm. The Vikings are on the defense path because they've been patchworking quarterbacks. Even if Bradford gets better, he's not top-five in the league good. They're on the defense path. Are they going to run into a roadblock or a dead end that prevents them from going all the way down that path to really being a Super Bowl caliber team? And if they don't get all the way down that path, are they then just the Rams and the Bills and the Jets under Rex Ryan from seven years ago? That's the fear.
2: And that's what the majority is. I mean, you're talking about of all the teams that have had top defenses. I mean, this year... Trevor Simeon runs out there as the quarterback of the Broncos, and they end up missing the playoffs. It's uh-huh. still a pretty good like a nine-win team, a though, pretty good, Yeah, a pretty good year. But, I mean, again, the best defense in the league, you you don't have it hit very often, even if you are the absolute best. And it's hard enough to get to be the absolute best. And that's where I look at this Vikings roster, and I say – Yeah, they could be a really good defense again. There are so much talent at so you know so many different positions, and they have one of the best defensive coaches in the league. But can you get to number one? And even if you're number one, a lot of those defenses you named they weren't just the best. They were like the best maybe ever for some of them. The defense last year for Denver was competitive in things like yards per play with the 2000 Ravens and the 85 bears. I mean, they were right up there as dominant as any defense has ever been in league history. And so now you're asking in order to really win with this team, if you're going to focus solely on defense to have that happen. So how do you get to the other path
0: then? Like, do you just, the only way to do that is to literally blow up your quarterback position again and just start drafting quarterbacks. And well, or trade for Garoppolo if you think there, he's the guy.
2: There's really a case
0: to be made. It's not, I mean, th- someone's going to trade for Garoppolo. No, I know that. But, but but
2: there is a case to be made that if you don't have a true franchise quarterback, I don't yep. even need to be Rodgers. Yep. Like, okay, I mean, Rodgers is just unreachable. But Matt Ryan is not unreachable. A guy who's had a... a Good career, and his ceiling is MVP of the league, somewhere in there. That is not unreachable.
0: There's like eight guys in the league. Philip Rivers before you know the last couple of years, and
2: you could have totally believed that Philip Rivers would have won a Super Bowl. Drew Brees would be the same thing. He's he is a little more in freak show category, but the same way for most of his career was like he's a really great quarterback who could definitely win the Super Bowl. You always felt that way about him. So if you're the Vikings, there might be a case to be made that you don't. Resign Sam Bradford, you just have him for another year, Mm -hmm. and you don't ever again spend a lot of money on a quarterback until you're sure that it at least reaches that baseline of Eli Manning, Phillip Rivers, Matt Ryan, where you know you can win with that guy, and otherwise, you just play somebody on a rookie contract and try to stack up other positions with free agent money or you just We've seen that sign that here, though, somebody on the
3: cheap. We've seen that that here. Oh, it's not. It gets ugly.
2: But it takes patience, obviously. Look at the
3: Browns. They've been Here's trying I think. with first overall picks I think for we're 15. missing this, though. I think yeah. what we're thinking of is, is to win a championship, it has to be a great entire year. Zimmer's defensive coaching is good enough, I think, that I'm talking about make the playoffs and then start to shut teams down. So make the playoffs. You don't have to be two losses.
0: Okay, but if you weren't shutting a team down as the top defense in the league in November, then why would you do it against the best teams in the world what I'm, in January? Cuz
3: what I'm saying is if you go case by case and you get to the playoffs and have game game plans, w- once you're in the playoffs, that can at least be a starting point. Yes, where and you, you and where you, you get have... into the playoffs and then and then you have the defensive strategy to begin to contain these quarterbacks to let's say Twenty-four points yes. as opposed to thirty-five. points.
0: So, so your defense has to be Eli Manning, basically. Like, and, just get there and then flip the well, switch. It has to be
3: it has to be good, but it needs to be great in the playoffs. And
2: you need a lot of luck. I mean, sure, people held. I would up. take him for sure. That'd be yes, great. I would definitely take Andrew Luck. I can't believe Romo. I can't believe that inept franchise is allowed to have him. You do not deserve him. They had and chance, what are they doing by the way? They had a chance to hire John Gruden and get
3: rid of their. Totally clueless. Ryan Grigson, manager, their
2: GM, and they didn't do
3: it. I, what, what's he doing? Why? What's Ursay doing? Why he go? So he goes to Gruden and says, "I want you," which is really, really smart. And then, but he also says, "But I signed the GM to an extension last year, and so he has final say." You're an
2: idiot. And, and here's the other thing too that now, I mean. Chuck Pagano also knows that report is out there, too, <laughs> like you, that you were trying to hire other coaches. Let me double back on the quarterback point, though, because it's really about commitment. That if you were going to criticize Kansas City for something, you might say, could you have gotten that type of production or somewhere in that range from Nick Foles and had no commitment? Nick Foles is bad, but Alex Smith is bad. And he takes up a lot of money and he's locked in for a long time. Brock Osweiler is very bad and you're spending a lot of money and you're locked in when there isn't a single person who watched Brock Osweiler play for Denver who thought, "Oh, that's that's Rodgers." I mean or that's Matt Ryan or that's Philip Rivers or that's even anywhere in that range they thought, "Oh, that's just good enough maybe to help us win this year." And they made a big mistake in doing that. And if you look at the Vikings situation, you could make a case that being just sort of kind of good enough in the middle and being really committed is almost like stamping your death certificate for not making a Super Bowl for a long time.
0: Okay. I'm going to give you guys four quarterback options for the Vikings when we come back. Not just player options, but like scenarios and sort of paths to go down. When we come back here, Matthew Collar, find him talking Vikings on 1500ESPN.com, a wild on 1500ESPN.com, Mackie and Judd.
3: All right, everyone.
2: I called you here to announce that effective immediately...
1: Mackie and Judd now continue. Gonna wake up the people. On 1500ESPN. The
2: 45th Annual Progressive Insurance Minneapolis Boat Show returns to the Convention Center this week, January 19th through the 22nd. Saturday Sports Talk will be broadcasting live on Saturday. That makes sense. From 10 to noon, plus stop by the dock a booth while you're out there. Enter to win a 24-foot-low pro Dock-a-Dock.
1: More details, 1500ESPN.com, keyword events. Thank you, Dave
0: Harrigan, Matthew Collar, hanging out with us here kicking around a lot of Vikings-related topics as we look around the NFC and see all these ridiculously good quarterbacks and Dak Prescott's and it uh, doesn't look like some of these quarterbacks are going away for a while. Um, and if as the conversation has evolved here, we've determined the, the Vikings are on one of two paths to potentially win a Super Bowl, and it's the defense path. Go get the best defense in the NFL and then win it in the way that the Ravens won it a long time ago or uh, the Buccaneers or the the Broncos last year. I have four quarterback scenarios for you two gentlemen. Now you might be able to combine a couple of these. So I'm gonna give you four scenarios or four different quarterback mm, paths. And if two you wa- quarterbacks on the field at the same time. It's but, never ooh, been tried. Interesting. Actually, didn't Slash play uh didn't Cordell Stewart yes, did. play on yes. the field as a receiver for the Bears yes. for a while? Yeah. So it has been done before. All right, what do you got? All right, scenario one. And again, if you want to choose multiple of these, you can. All right. Scenario one, Sam Bradford extension. So, And this is a, an off-season decision that you would make in the next two months here. So a Sam Bradford contract extension, which would probably put him among the top 12 highest paid quarterbacks in the league just based on the inflation of quarterback salaries. Okay. Uh, with at least a two or three years of high guarantees. Scenario number two. Uh, Bradford just stays on for one year at $17 million or $18 million cap hit, whatever it would be. And then you make another decision. You kick the can down the road with Sam Bradford scenario. Number three draft a quarterback in this year's draft with one of your second or third round picks. You have three picks in those two rounds and scenario number four would be acquiring Tony Romo for not much, right? So either like a third day draft pick. Or if Dallas decides to be nice and just release Tony Romo because no one's going to offer up a pick for a guy who makes that much money, then you would sign him to a new contract. And I put Tony Romo on here because... Because <laughs> you're Phil Mackey. Uh, you make fun of it all you want, but here's the logic. The Vikings have a really good defense. Tony Romo, when healthy two years ago, was still one of the top five quarterbacks in the league. Mm-hmm. If Tony Romo at 36 is Tony Romo from healthy days two years ago, he gives you a far better chance to beat teams like the Seahawks and the Falcons than Sam Bradford does. What do I have to give up to get him? Let's say a third-day pick, so like a fifth, sixth, or seventh-round pick, and or and you'd I have, have to just pick him up as a free agent if they cut him.
2: But I have to take his contract? You've got the whole contract <gasps> done. Then you'd have to take like
0: a $20 million You're not getting a contract. cheap contract. Uh,
2: that contract is really tough, but... If you're talking about the quarterback, who will find this kind of. And wait,
3: wait. If, so if you do, if you pull the trigger on this at the start of the league year, then I take it with Bradford. You don't pick you up nothing
0: on Bradford. You cut him Bradford. up and
3: cut him. Yeah. Okay. So this is Bradford's gone. Okay.
0: Yeah, you wouldn't pay both, like the Texans are about to. Right.
2: (laughs) I think Tony Romo is a significantly better quarterback than Sam Bradford, and I'm not sure that he, this is weird to say about a Dallas Cowboys quarterback, but I'm not sure that he's ever quite been given the credit for how good he is. It's just one of those things that hangs over your head, like Bruce Boudreau of the Minnesota Wild, one of the... Absolute best coaches, but since he hasn't won the big one, then and you know there have been moments too late in games or the the playoff game. The first impressions die hard, right when he uh, lets the snap snip through slip through his fingers. But I think he's a lot better than Sam Bradford. It's just coming off a couple of years in a row of significant injuries, monstrous contract. You'd really be taking the one year swing there, and risking... Losing everything if he gets hurt again,
3: and, and his cap hit is twenty four point seven million dollars. For yep, next and,
0: and it's and it's and they're probably not going to cut him because then they would owe him nineteen million dollars for next year. The, those numbers, yeah, uh, trade him. The dead cap comes way down in two thousand eighteen, but it'd be like a two year contract if you acquired Tony Romo.
2: But I'd probably still do it because I just think, I would too. I just uh, think that's your no no no, no 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 no, no yes. Let me let me
3: help you, dunderheads out. I'm not doing it. He's thirty six and he's been come hurt too come much. Come he's got a bad run. Run. When he when he gets hit again and he's done oh, for you're acting three like months.
0: Sam Bradford is is the most durable if quarterback you, in the NFL's compared history, to Tony,
3: he is compared oh, to Romo, on. he is durable and that's so not think true. Of, yes, it is. Sam I, Bradford I sounded survi- like our president elect when I Sam said that. Sam Bradford that survived. So not true. Sam Bradford survived this Sam. entire season. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. Your offensive line should be improved. I do not trust it's going to be improved enough to keep a 36-going-on-37-year-old Romo healthy. Uh, At the very least, I go with option two, which is stay stay the course with Bradford. I am tempted, though, to sign him to an extension.
2: Well, okay, so the way I look at this Vikings roster is that it was built up over a number of years to get to this point. That's why they made the Bradford trade. Correct. Because otherwise you would have just gotten Nick Foles or Mark Sanchez and said, well, we weren't going to be that good. Or Sean Hill would have started the first portion of the season for you. Yeah, and then his arm would have gotten sore from throwing too many passes week one. Yeah, that actually that, happened. That actually did happen. He was on the on the injury report. He didn't week sign two. up for that. He never signed up to actually play. I can
0: see him doing a Nolan Ryan uh, Icy Hot ad at some point. You know what's
2: You know what's even funny about that is, so when I was doing research looking up the Sam Bradford third down problem, I stumbled on what Sean Hill did in that game against Tennessee, and his numbers on third down in that game were great. It's, it's just funny, right? Like Sean Hill had great third down plays. In he that didn't game get sacked was, in that game either. Hey, wait,
0: wait, hold on, Kyler. You know who doesn't have a third down problem? Tony Romo. Tony
2: Romo. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't. Well, Dave, you okay. gotta help me. So, well, here's what here's what I'm getting at. You gotta at, help though. me. Here's what I'm getting at, though. You
3: guys are killing me. If I'm having more fun if watching them.
2: If you're it's lo- like Cam Newton last. Week. If your logic is entirely, we've built this whole roster up to win now we have to do everything, absolutely everything, to put anyone in place who will increase those odds because we know this isn't going to last very long, then, yeah, you
3: do do that. You you do. You just get the better player. Honest to God. This segment cannot end soon enough. This segment cannot end soon enough.
0: You guys, you're laughing at one of the all-time great fourth-quarter quarterbacks
3: in the league's history. I don't know what's worse. Your obsession with... Romo or Tiger Woods? What direction is my hat right now? Backwards. T- so it's Romo. Tony
0: Romo direction.
3: That's you've right. got to get over this thing about old guys who were really good. What, at one Okay. Time. What
0: is your obsession with Sam Bradford? Like you've been pounding on I'm the not, contract extension angle for a long I'm time. I'm not. Sam upset. Bradford is a decent yes, quarterback decent. To, to date. Yes. I don't know why you'd want to shove like 50 million guaranteed uh, I, into no, his pocket.
3: No. I, I told you at the very least, I take option two, which is keep him. He's my starter next year. Okay. I okay. am tempted. To extend him, I. The more I mean, we hear, not, it's not
0: like any other team is going to jump to give him eighty million guarantees The
3: more we hear, though, Bridgewater's never coming back. So you you're going to have to decide here. Do you like Bradford? Do you want to draft a, a quarterback when Zimmer gets on ESPN on Sunday and basically says, "I don't know if he's coming back at the start, middle, or end." I think there's a very good chance that we do have to accept the fact that the whole Bridgewater thing is over with.
2: And that was the option that you left off your list that I would take first, which would be if you told me that Teddy Bridgewater could come back 100% and then you just move on from Sam Bradford after next year. I mean, based on even if you see them as similar, based on the age, I would rather have Teddy Bridgewater. I also think Teddy Bridgewater's skill set allows him to be more – Dynamic, in a way, more uh, Dak Prescott-like.
0: Dak Prescottian.
2: Prescottian. 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 Like, what Prescott did the other day was how you might see... Uh, Teddy Bridgewater running an offense. I mean, hitting guys down the field, converting big third downs. His numbers on third downs are much, much better than Sam Bradford's. And that even goes back to his rookie year, where he's been one of the better in the league when it comes to that. He was dealing with a lot of third down and longs because of uh, Adrian Peterson, two negative runs and then 180 yarder. Um, but I, I think in, in the age has to do with it, too. Being 24, he'll be 25, and then Sam Bradford will be in his 30s. So that would be the option I would pick first, but also draft one somewhere. I think you should draft a quarterback every single year somewhere.
0: Uh, the music's playing you off the stage here, so we're going to have to ask Thanks, you to Matthew leave the Kai. microphone, but that was good you. stuff. You can find uh, all kinds view. of more content on the Purple Podcast and uh, Matt and Judd's hockey adventure. Packing order next. Stay tuned for 60-second AP News Headlines.